Hello, and welcome to the Asta La Visa Baby Podcast, a deep dive into U.S. immigration law and its relationship to fictitious characters in television and film. My name is Shai Dayan. I am an immigration attorney with Gibney, Anthony, and Flaherty, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. And joining me today, as he does for every episode, he's also an immigration attorney. He's also with Gibney, Anthony, and Flaherty, but he's based in New York, and he's looking to get married so he can get board approval for an apartment in New York with a built-in greenhouse. It's Mr. Roderick Potts. Hello, Shy. Rod, what the heck is going on? I'm doing well. How are you? And I, I have my eye on the place. I just need the U.S. citizen to get me in there. Ever been to an apartment in New York that has a greenhouse in the apartment? So let's jump in right to no, no, no haven't. No, never heard of one. I don't think they exist. Shy. I, I have I, lived here for some time. Yeah, I lived in New York for some time. Never seen such a thing, but it exists in the movie that we're talking about today. That's for sure. And I love it. And I love it. It's a beautiful thing. And let's get into it. So let's get into it. Set and Set us up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, viewers, listeners, however you consume the podcast, based upon the popularity of the Asta La Visa Baby co-host cultural heritage series, where we did back-to-back episodes talking about a Cuban character uh, in honor of Rod's heritage, and then an Israeli character in honor of my heritage, this series was such a hit that we decided to start a whole brand new series. We love a film festival here at <laughs> right. Asa Visa Baby. So the new series, everybody, get this. It's the rom-com fraudulent marriage extravaganza series. This is it. We're deep into it now. <laughs> this is where it all begins. This is where it all begins. Before we talk about the, the before we start the rom-com fraudulent marriage extravaganza series, I have to just let everybody know that we've got your eye on you because if you have not done so already, please uh, subscribe to this podcast and rate and review us. You can find us on all the major podcast streaming platforms. These platforms include places, Rod, such as? Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon, and etc. And Rod, when people want to get in contact with us, apart from the typical dating apps where they'll find us. Sure. What is that uh, email address where they can send us those emails? So the email address is hasta la visa, H-A-S-T-A-L-A-V-I-S-A at Gibney, G-I-B-N-E-Y dot com. Fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. So keep those emails coming. And now, everybody, it's time to do some housekeeping. I'd like to let everybody know about the podcast format, what it is that we do here, and how we make immigration law great. So, everybody, every episode, we focus on a particular movie or a television show that features a foreign national character living in the United States. We're going to do a deep dive into the movie or television show, and we're going to focus on the specific foreign national character. Then we're going to use our immigration detective skills to figure out what the character's U.S. visa status may have been, what problems or issues the character may have had living in the U.S., and we're going to talk about a hypothetical consultation if the character came to us to ask for immigration advice. And mm -hmm. finally, finally, sometimes the movies we talk about were filmed years ago. Sometimes the television shows we talk about were filmed decades ago. But regardless of when they were filmed, in most situations, we're going to talk about the movies and imagine that the characters are living in a 2022 mm -hmm. U.S. immigration world. Why 2022, Rod? 
That's the year it is now. Yes. Yes, it is. That's While we're recording this. Exactly. Exactly. You might be listening to this in the future, but right now it's 2022. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, Rod, you're good with the rules? Always, always shy. I love these rules. You've been following the rules really well, so I'm. We, I'm, have, we agreed I'm, to these rules some time ago, yes. and I, I, you know, I'm a as a lawyer, I'm a rule abiding kind of individual. I'm proud of you for your 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 rule following. Thank you, shy. So, I appreciate it. So today's movie, everybody, we're going to talk about a movie that probably has the most immigration title that we've ever done or probably will ever do, right? This is the most on point film, the most on the nose. Yeah. If this film wasn't about immigration. There would be something really, really wrong with the film. Clearly. Yes. And the film we're talking about is a 1990 film called Green Card. So, Rod, as the man responsible for breaking down our movies, breaking down our television shows, it's time sure. for you to do your thing. Let's do it. Some may ask, why did it take so long for us to get to this movie? <laughs> Wouldn't this have been the first movie that we'd cover? The answer is no. We're getting to it now. So that's a tautological answer if ever there was one. But here we go. Here we go. So Green Card. Green Card is a 1990 romantic comedy starring Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu. McDowell plays Bronte, a horticulturalist and environmentalist living in New York who wants to buy an apartment that contains a fabulous greenhouse and outdoor patio. Depardieu plays Georges, who's French, and he works as a waiter in a New York restaurant, and he has overstayed his tourist visa. Their mutual friend arranges for the two of them to get married in a courthouse ceremony. The marriage will enable Bronte to get board approval to buy the apartment, as the board only wants to sell to a married couple. And the marriage would enable George also to apply for a green card as Bronte's US citizen. Right after they're married, their mutual friend tells them that they'll never have to see each other again. Bronte and George go their separate ways. Nice to meet you. You too. You were very good. So are you. So what happens next? That's it. You don't even have to see him again. Hold for a plus. Bronte is eventually contacted at her apartment by immigration services for an interview to determine whether her marriage to George is legitimate. Hello? This is Foray. Yes? My name is Gorski. I'm with the investigation department of the INS. The what? The immigration. My partner and I are down in the lobby. We wonder if we might have a word with you. This leads Bronte tracking down George so they can learn about each other, pretend they are married, and get their stories straight. The movie follows the two as they try to stage a marriage for purposes of passing an immigration services interview, where they'll both be questioned separately. Along the way, Bronte lies to everybody about who George is. She lies to her parents to her best friend, Lauren, to her boyfriend, Phil, also to her neighbors, to the doorman, and eventually to immigration services themselves. Bronte is also impatient with George and is often telling him how much she doesn't like him, can't stand him. Throughout the movie, George tries seemingly to be kind and understanding with Bronte. During the immigration interview, George is caught by the interviewer after he gets a question wrong concerning what type of face cream Bronte uses. George agrees to deportation so long as Bronte does not get to, into any trouble. Monticello. Monaco. No. Monte Carlo. That's the only answer I keep forgetting. 
George doesn't tell Bronte what happened at the interview. And immediately after the interview, they go their separate ways once again, Bronte believing the ordeal is over and that George will get his green card. A few days after the interview, George invites Bronte to a cafe. George shows up with one of the immigration officers and it's revealed that he's being deported and he has made a deal to spare Bronte from any legal consequences. Bronte and George embrace affectionately and kiss for the first time. George says he will write every day, and it's implied that the two will see each other again, but he leaves. Thank you for the summary, Rod. This movie came out in 1990, really at the outset of the phenomenon of the rom-com. I think movies like When Harry Met Sally, Pretty Woman, Sleepless in Seattle, this movie, it's just a rom-com era. And this movie, it hits it right at the right time. What didn't you say? Yeah, this is the time for this kind of mill. Uh, it, kind of it begs the question, is this a rom-com or is this an immigration com? The answer is yes. Yes and yes. Can't we be both? Yeah. Well, let's, let's think about that. And while we're thinking about that, let me tell you some interesting facts that I dug up about this movie. I'd love to find out more about this film, Shai. So listen to this. This is very, very interesting and surprising to me. Green Card, the very movie that you just discussed in that synopsis, this movie, yes, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay. It didn't win, but it did win two, count that, two Golden Globes, one for Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, and one for Best Actor for a Musical or Comedy, that award going to George, I'm sorry, Depardieu himself. Gerard. Gerard. Yeah. George Gerard. I get it confused. You Monsieur know? Depardieu. Oh, very good accent, Rod. I just so, got back from Montreal. So th- I'm, I'm there you go. There you I was going to say, have you been to a French-speaking country recently? I have been. <laughs> That's good, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Gerard Depardieu won a Golden Globe for this role. Now, Rod, I'm not sure if this is really Oscar-worthy or Golden Globe-worthy film, watching it for the first time. Maybe that's me laughing at about how some of the immigration wasn't depicted properly, but, sure. but I don't know. But it's hard. Out of curiosity. Yeah. What did they win out over? Sure. Yeah. L- listen to this. The movies that it beat for the Golden Globe were Dick Tracy, Home Alone, Pretty Woman, and Ghost. Not sure Ghost is really a comedy or musical, but the Golden Globes <laughs> have messed that category up many times. They're, yeah. A lot is lost in translation with the Golden Globes. Home Alone and yeah. Pretty Woman. Big hits. Yeah. I mean, Home Alone is a real comedy. Um, and Yeah, real comedy. And, and also, I mean, we did the sequel in this. Yes, in we this, did. You know, we're, we, yeah. you know it's a, a friend of the friend of the podcast. Uh, yeah, Home Alone, the whole the movie. Franchise. The whole um, franchise. Despite mm-hmm. the awards and the nominations, the film only holds a 61% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So that, that right. says something, right? That sounds, and that sounds about, about right, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, the film was written and directed by Peter Weir, who is said to have written it specifically to introduce Depardieu to an English-speaking audience. And this was the first major motion picture in the English language for French superstar and very famous Frenchman, Gérard Depardieu. Gérard Depardieu, yeah. And finally, my last fact is that the film's budget was a measly $12.5 million, and it grossed close to $30 million. So not, not the big, big blockbuster that we see today, but yeah. uh, you know, it made, but- it made a little bit of a profit. Everyone got rich, it looks like. It, it looks so, like it. It looks yeah. like it. Okay, so now we have reached our critical juncture of this podcast where we have to talk a little bit about the character of focus for the episode. Yeah. So, so today, 
We are going to talk naturally about the Frenchman, Georges, played by Gerard Depardieu. And Rod, please let us know everything we need to know about the character of Georges. Georges, as you say, is French. And he is revealed during the course of the film to have traveled to the U.S. with a tourist visa, but overstayed after its expiration. All right. Georges, please. Yes. Now, you entered the country five months ago, according to our records. Yes, and already I love it. Yes. Well, Land of opportunity, such a great country. Yes. Already I feel at home. Uh-huh. So lucky. <laughs> Beautiful wife, <laughs> apartment, yeah. plants. Oh. So lucky. Uh, well, um, your visa, a B2, a tourist visa, allowed you only six weeks. He appears to have been working odd jobs while living in New York. In the beginning of the movie, he's working as a waiter and apparently gets fired for being rude to a customer. Uh, We don't learn a tremendous amount about his past. He seems to have somewhat of a tough upbringing and previously spent time in jail for committing what he describes as stupid crimes as a kid. George is a creative gentleman. He's an aspiring musician and he likes cooking. He seems to be a charming guy, and everybody in the film seems actually to take a shine to him, except for Bronte. You don't like me, do you? We don't have to like each other. We just have to be married. You snore, and your manners are atrocious. You think that's important? You're a snob. You're a slob. You're overweight. You're disgusting. So during the film, George is generally pretty kind to Bronte, and he eventually starts to have romantic feelings for her. At the end of the film, when the immigration officers find out that the marriage is a sham, George agrees to deportation so long as nothing negative happens to Bronte, further showing that he cares for her. Yeah, that's George in a nutshell. I'm not sure if he was the most developed or best developed character. Don't really know a lot about him. He's not well developed. It's kind of just all on the surface with George. I wish I knew a little bit more about who he was, where he came from, why. I want to know more about these crimes and the tattoos. Yeah, Yeah, There's a lot of great stuff that we could know about him that is glossed over. But for purposes of the film, yes, I feel I think I think we agree. I I think we both agree his character could and should have been better developed. I think he was the more likable, the more likable of our our two characters. Yeah, he's a likable guy, and there's a lot more to him, I think, that really could have been explored in the film. Well, we're going to explore in this podcast, and what we're going to explore is Mm -hmm. we're going to explore his immigration status. So let's start talking about the immigration status of George. So it's pretty clear what George's immigration status actually was. The first time that the immigration officers meet with Bronte and they meet with George at Bronte's apartment, They let us all know that George entered the U.S. with what's known as a B-2 tourist visa, which has since expired. They also explain that because he's married to a U.S. citizen, he is eligible for a green card. So I think it would be helpful to have a discussion about how the U.S. marriage-based green card sponsorship process works and how accurately or inaccurately the process was depicted in this movie. So Rod, Perhaps you can let us know all about the marriage-based green card sponsorship process and how it works. Would you like to do that? I would love to, Shai. So the marriage-based green card process is is a multi-step process. 
The first step is that a legal, governmental recognized marriage has to take place. So yeah, exactly. You need to get married. And Rod, does the marriage necessarily have to take place here in the United States and U.S. soil? No. The marriage can take place outside the United States as long as it was legal in the place where it was. Most legal marriages outside the U.S. are legally recognized in the U.S. Once a couple is legally married, the U.S. citizen spouse files what is known as an immigrant petition on behalf of the non-U.S. citizen spouse. At the same time, the non-U.S. spouse can file what is known as an adjustment of status application, also known as the green card application. So what you're saying is you legally get married, and once you're legally married, then you have to file these two applications, one is a petition, one's an application concurrently. That's what exactly. you have to do. Two-step process. Exactly. Get married, file the paperwork. You can't yep. do one without the other. Yep. So how about an attorney, Rod? Does an attorney have to represent the couple and help the couple submit the petition and the application? No. I mean, just like taxes, an individual can file on their own. But a lot of couples do choose to have an attorney assist with the preparation and filing of the paperwork just because there can be some complexities in, in certain cases. What kind of information and what kind of evidence has to be submitted with this immigrant petition and this adjustment of status green card application? The bona fides or bona fides, however you want to do the Latin pronunciation of the marriage, must be presented in order to show the legitimacy of the marriage. Not only does all the documentation from the legal marriage need to be submitted, you know, proof that the U.S. citizen spouse is a U.S. citizen, evidence that the marriage, you know, the marriage license, financial documents, including ability for the U.S. citizen spouse to financially support uh, the spouse has to be submitted, proof that the foreign-born spouse legally entered the U.S. prior to the marriage, and documents to show that the couple actually married in good faith and have a legitimate marriage all have to be submitted to and, the immigration service. And this good faith criteria, Rod, what kind of proof can you submit to show a marriage was entered into good faith? I assume it's not, it has to be a little bit more than just a statement, hey, we're married, it's good faith, right? Sure. And it's case-based, right? It's mm. specific to the, the actual facts on the ground. But generally what I've presented and what I imagine you presented as well are, are pictures of the couple together evidence of trips taken together, evidence that they live together, evidence of joint financial records, evidence of joint financial life, evidence of joint life in general, and sometimes if needed, affidavits from friends and family attesting to the fact that they're legitimately married. So it's a good amount of documentation information. It has to be well documented that the marriage is legitimate. Mm -hmm. So the petition and the application, what happens is, Rod, they're filed, right? They're submitted and they're reviewed, I assume, by U.S. immigration and U.S. citizenship and immigration services. So what happens? They just approve it if it all looks good or does something else have to happen? So usually after a couple of months, the couple will be called in for an appointment for an interview with U.S. citizenship and immigration services. So at the interview, the officer will meet with the couple together, will review the application, We'll review the evidence and we'll generally ask a couple of usually superficial questions just to ensure the marriage was entered into in good faith. If the interview is successful, it results in 
approval and the green card being issued to the foreign-born spouse. If the interview doesn't go well, if there's any sort of suspicion that the marriage may not be legitimate, then the interviewing officer may ask for further evidence that needs to be provided. And the interviewing officer may also call the couple in for a second interview where the couple is likely to be separated and questioned individually. So that's the the marriage-based green card sponsorship process. Just to sum it up for everybody, you get married, okay? You file the immigrant petition and the application with USCIS. You present your evidence. You play the waiting game. You get called in for an interview. Hopefully the interview goes well. You get a green card. Now, let's talk about how the process was depicted in the movie. Rod. Somewhat differently. Yeah, somewhat differently. Somewhat yeah. differently. So, Rod, I thought you and I, we'd break it down. Let's talk about think, the differences. Let's, yeah. Let's. So I'm going to tell you what we see happen in the movie, and then let's talk about if that's correct, incorrect, and, and where the problems may be. Mm-hmm. So, so number one, Bronte and George, they were married, and then they were told by their mutual friend that they never have to see each other again. Rod, this can't be right, is it? Nope, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Right. So after they get married, they have to prepare and file the immigration petition and the adjustment of status application. They have to submit the documents to immigration. And then they would, of course, have to see each other again at the marriage interview. So what happened in the movie? They it was they didn't do any of this. Right. Zero. Right. The presumption is that the marriage itself solves the problem. Right. Like not. Not you get case. married and magically like the court submits that marriage yep. certificate to immigration and then yes. George gets a green card. But that's not the way it works. Yeah. You have to proactively right. take the step to file the applications. And then and then after they go their separate ways and they're told they never have to see each other again and they both believe they'll never have to see each other again. Right. Immer- immigration officers randomly show up at Bronte's apartment to schedule <laughs> an appointment to meet with yeah. Bronte and George. Rod, does yeah. this happen? This doesn't happen, right? No, they don't visit your home. Right. No. So, so basically what happens is in real life, after the paperwork is filed, the first interaction that you would have with the immigration officers would be at an interview that's scheduled for immigration's offices in downtown New York, if you're in New York. like So in this right. movie, yes. they would have been called down to 26 Federal Plaza in New York City. Yes. Where, so, where they do go eventually. They do go there eventually, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and, but at the wrong part of the movie. But I was happy to see that in the movie that they did go to the right building. They in did. The, in, the, in the film. That was that, exciting. That, 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 was, that exciting. was It was fun. It was fun yeah. for us as immigration yeah, lawyers. For sure. But you're absolutely right. They do not show up. At your, they don't show up randomly to your house. And they don't do interviews in your own home. Immigration does not do house calls. Right, right. and Like a so doctor in the 50s. It yeah. doesn't work like that. So... Also, when the immigration officers are at, so the immigration officers, they come to the apartment and then they tell George that he overstayed his tourist visa and that's an offense. But then they tell him that his marriage gives him automatic residency status. But like you just said, that's not true, right? No, that is not true. But no, the marriage itself does not grant any status whatsoever. It is the filing and approval of the application that makes somebody a lawful permanent resident of the United States. Very Um, important. Very important. Yeah. There is paperwork to be filed. The marriage itself does nothing. Right. So here's something that's really important. Okay. In the movie, the first time that they go to immigration services is Bronte and George are split up and they're questioned separately. In real life, it's a 
basically a pro forma interview. It's, it, they bring you in, they check the documents, and they either approve or deny on the spot. I've been at these interviews. Basically, the officer sits at one side of the desk, the couple mm -hmm. sits on the other side of the desk, and it's a very flowing conversation. They, they review the documents in front of you, and they basically just ask you a few questions. But in the movie, they are split up, and they are questioned separately. Now, there is a mechanism for this, right, Rod? There is. So this does happen sometimes. And specifically in the state of New York, something called a Stokes interview, right. where if the immigration service is inclined to deny an application, they will bring a couple. This is imposed by, by the Second Circuit. You can look it up if you like. It's imposed by the Second Circuit. There's something called a Stokes interview, where if the immigration service is inclined to deny an application, they are required to bring the couple back. And at that point, they do an interview, which is similar to what you see in the movie where they separate them and they ask them the questions. That's when they do that. But that is the, it's a last gasp effort. Right. And it, I don't know that this is the same throughout the country. There may be other jurisdictions that have this. It is a specific New York City right. interview. And what struck me as interesting is watching this movie. I was like, wow, they do do this, but not now and not right. for the reasons it's happening in the movie. But the general idea is, oh, if you get married, they're going to separate you and ask you all these questions. In 99 out of 100 cases, they do not do that. Exactly. In New York, when the Immigration Service has reason to deny your case, they will drag you in and they will do the separated interviews. But by and large, nobody ever sees that. So basically in the movie, this is something that could have happened. It just happened at the wrong time in the movie. It exactly. wasn't the, the, the right things didn't progress to make this to, to allow this to happen. That's what the right. problem with the movie is. And again, yes. they should have consulted us. All producers yes. and directors out there, yes. get in contact with us. We will provide you with the, yes. the way to do a movie about immigration. Our and rates are reasonable. Our rates are very reasonable. Yours might be reasonable. I'm a little bit more unreasonable, but <laughs> you, can meet, you can meet us in the middle. Okay. Finally, in the movie, Georges strikes a deal at the interview so that he could get deported as long as nothing negative happens to Bronte. But this isn't how it works. I just want to say that George, in real life, if he was found out to have entered into a sham marriage, George would have probably get put into immigration court procedure protocols, and he wouldn't yeah. have any power on the spot to strike no. a deal to save Bronte. It, it doesn't work like that. The very bottom line is, is that, you know, we have a movie here that depicted a very real immigration process, but got a few things wrong. So we are here to sure. uh, set the record straight. And we did that. So, Rod, thanks yes. for helping me to set the record straight about about some of the issues presented in the green card marriage process in this movie. Absolutely. So oh, earlier on in the podcast, I alluded to the fact that is this movie a rom-com or is this movie uh, an immigration com? It yeah. could be it could be both. It's but an immigrant rom-com. Immigrant rom-com, right? It's an immigrant rom So generally speaking, and I think most people would agree, this is a rom-com. And the rom-com mm. really took off in the early 90s. Sure. So I, I thought it'd be a little fun just to take a few minutes out of our busy schedule to talk about maybe our one or two favorite rom-coms of all time. Because you love romance, you love comedy, you put them together, it's magic. Everybody loves, everybody right. loves, yeah. Right. So, so Rod, tell me something. What is maybe your favorite rom-com of all time and, and why? I mean, I'll give you two. I'm going to give you two. Okay. I think they're very, okay. they're very closely related. Okay. They're very closely related. But I'm going to give you the first one is a movie. It's actually from the 70s. 
which I think it's the, the prototypical rom-com, Annie uh-huh. Hall. Okay. The Woody Allen movie. I understand there's some- I know, uh, I've heard of him. Know, I've heard of Woody. We argue, we, we argue about whether or not we want to watch Woody Allen movies, but I do love, I do love Annie Hall as a rom-com. Yes, an early rom-com. And, and I think that the clear inheritor and what really truly established the template that all other rom-coms copied, I think, was When Harry Met Sally. There you go. Very intellectual argument. Yeah, Harry met both movies I love by the way. When Harry met Sally was probably the start of of the whole real popularity of the rom-com so. journey. Yeah. I think I think it made the template from which many of the rom-coms of the of the of the 90s including this film. The you don't know what you have, you know, it's right you know, the love of your life is in front of you the whole time. Yeah. And you don't realize you don't realize until the until the 11th hour. That's the essence of the rom-com. Today, our movies don't overlap, and I like it when they don't overlap. Oh, we get I to, love to, this. Yeah, we get to I talk this. about... I, I assumed, because you said you said you had an obvious choice, I, I, I think, which I assumed would have been Annie Hall or When Harry I think, Met Sally. I think my first obvious choice is going to be a movie, the movie that this movie beat at the Golden Globes. It's Pretty Woman. Pretty, okay. Pretty Woman is a quintessential rom-com. Is it about a sex worker who falls in love with a uh, John? Yes, it is. Does that happen in real life? No, probably not. But probably not. I just love early 1990s. It, ha- it, it happened in the movies. It happened lo- in the movies. I love yeah. this this Julia Roberts performance. I love this Richard Gere performance. We've got Jason Alexander from Seinfeld in it. We've got early 90s Los Angeles. We've got Beverly Hills. It just speaks to me. I, I really enjoy sure. this movie. I like the fashion. Sure. I like we've the, got yeah. Yeah. I really like You're, it. You, I, you love the 90s. I do. And we've, we, I do. The, the movie has a lot to offer. It's got it, the movie has a lot of commentary on classism. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's, there's a tremendous amount happening in this film. Yes. I agree. Fantastic rom com. My second movie is a controversial decision because I'm not sure it's a rom com. I could make the argument that it's a rom com, but I'm not sure it is. I, I want to hear it. Groundhog Day. Is Groundhog Day a rom com? Groundhog you know, Day is just a great movie. It's, uh, right. Could but could I would argue. Be- I would argue. I would argue, yes, Groundhog Day is every movie. It's, it's every genre. It, it, there are so many different levels of Groundhog yeah. Day. You got Andy McDowell in this movie. You, yeah, yeah, which I can, right? I can see, I, I can see right? right now. That's why, that's why your mind went there. Probably, probably. So Andy those, McDowell, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Bill Murray, one of his best performances. So there you go. Yeah. I, I'm going fantastic with Pretty Woman, film. Pretty Woman, and Groundhog yeah. Day. And yeah. um, I, I like your choices of Annie Hall and when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I went like template style you know what i mean i went way back. I, I respect it i respect it but good yeah, job you know I, and i i i love those choices i groundhog day if if only there were someone born abroad in groundhog day oh man we could we could do a multi a multi-part episode on we'll have film. to have a conversation about movies we wish had foreign nationals in the future we should do, yeah, <laughs> we should do we'll, that we'll do we should do that yeah. <laughs> we send, should do that send send in your emails send in your yeah, comments yeah, yeah. On, yeah. On, on on movies that that should have and now it is time for the famous consultation with the characters of the movie. The famous consultation. It's the famous portion yeah. of the podcast where Rod and I will let you in on what kind of advice we're giving to clients. Known the world over. Yeah, absolutely. Right. This is not privileged, everybody. We're going to let you in. Yeah. So, And th- this is not legal advice. No, the no, no, no. None <laughs> of this is legal advice. This is all hypothetical. It's all hypothetical. Yeah. So <laughs> when it comes to the marriage-based green card sponsorship process, usually... We're dealing with dual representation. That means that Mm -hmm. as a lawyer, we represent both the American citizen and the foreign national spouse. So let's say George and Bronte 
both came to us for advice about the marriage-based green card sponsorship process. Rod, where would we start? What would we say? Oh, God. All right. So first of all, just, first, just lawyers hate lawyers hate the concept of dual representation. We do not want to be representing more than one person at a time. But right. here we are. We yeah. find ourselves in this situation. So look, unlike the lawyer who had apparently been representing Bronte, who knew that their marriage was fraudulent, and I say fraudulent, <laughs> entered into for purposes of obtaining an immigration benefit, right? Right. Unlike him. Unlike him. We wouldn't encourage it. We cannot encourage it. We could, We would do no such thing. We would not even advise them at all. I would send them out of my office. Like, no, 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 you can't do this. Like, you've done this. Like, if they came to us and said, we want to do this, I would say, you cannot. And Who that's is... the end of this discussion. Yeah. Who was this clown and of a lawyer in the movie? If they came to us later on where everything has turned sideways, I can't fix it for you. I right, right, go right. Away. Right. Go so, away is the answer. So as lawyers, unlike the yeah. attorney in the film, how would yeah. we determine whether or not the marriage was legitimate so that we could ethically represent them? You and I, we use what lawyers call the smell test, right? Mm -hmm. If people came to us and it seemed to be clearly fraudulent, we would just say, I think you should find somebody else. But aside from that, right, if, if we didn't think off the bat, we would generally advise somebody if we didn't think that somebody that something was fraudulent off the bat we would say okay look if you're getting married and you want to get a green card we would advise regarding all of the evidence that's required to proceed with an approvable case including the need in this case for george and bronte to have entered into the marriage in good faith right we would advise regarding all of the steps in the process you have to you know all of the steps that we discussed the filing the various filings all that stuff and if they did engage us to represent them we would look at all of the evidence we you know we would never file a case right. unless we were confident that there was a legitimate marriage that we could we could argue on behalf of yeah, so we would review all everything and we would basically do a kind of our own investigation to make sure that this is a real marriage. Absolutely. And I'm not saying it's ever happened to either of us because it's very hard to fool us. We're pretty we're sure. We're pretty sharp. We can't file on their behalf no. because our licenses are on the line. Right. So sometimes these sham marriages, they're done very, very well. Sometimes couples take pictures, they stage a wedding party with friends, they open joint bank accounts, they apply for joint credit cards. They even have evidence pretending that they live together. So yeah. just just Ev to be all evidence we saw yeah, in the film. Right. Yeah. They just did it too late, but we did see it just to be safe. What would you advise George and Bronte about the consequences of entering into a fake marriage for immigration purposes? Very dicey. But I think we'd have to tell George that if he were to be found to have entered into a fake marriage, he could be placed into immigration proceedings right yeah to found to be removable removable and subject to criminal prosecution potentially for committing perjury and removed from the u.s and deemed potentially inadmissible forever he yeah, may the, never be able to remove to the united he may ever be able to, to, this to return is, to the united states ever again this is pretty serious usually we wouldn't have to tell us the clients because our clients are all legitimate married people but if we had yeah. a suspicion i think we would have to you know we would have this to probably is, yeah. warn our clients 
if they came to us after the what we saw in this film, right right like you know multiple instances of lying to mm. a federal agency you know entering into a sham marriage all of this unfortunately we can't touch this case there's nothing we right. can do right and yeah. that's our advice to george but what about bronte the american in the movie nothing happened to her what would you tell her though could happen to her if she proceeded with this charade so if she came to us i would say all right look i know that george says he cut a deal but i'm going to advise you that entering into a fake a false marriage what we call a sham marriage in the biz for immigration purposes has serious consequences for you as the u.s citizen spouse now you did lie yes. on multiple occasions to u.s to the u.s government to various u.s agencies you could be subject you bronte could be subject to federal and potentially state level criminal charges for lying under oath and entering into a sham marriage i mean they, they, there's fraud happening and no, that's a real crime not real to mention crime. not to mention the issues she might have with her co-op board after she lied to them yeah but that's not yes, our area of expertise absolutely absolutely her apartment her yeah the property <laughs> yeah. interests we're gonna get into that soon yeah yeah we, we'll cover that in bottom a line episode. yeah yeah but bottom line though is that in a consultation with Bronte and with uh, George, we would explain to them the consequences of getting into a sham marriage for the purpose of immigration benefits. And we would tell them about what they need to actually prove if they want to have a successful case. It's as simple as absolutely. that. Absolutely. And the consequences are harsh. Harsh. They're harsh. Harsh. Harsh by design for both. You know you who's harsh? You know, in the movie, she walks away, but that yeah. would not happen in real life. It wouldn't happen in real life. But, you know, speaking of the word harsh, I'd like to transition into the, the conclusion and the reason that I think about the conclusion of this podcast, where we talk about mm -hmm. our hot takes, our overall sure. takeaways and our takeaways. Yeah. yeah. The word harsh, it triggered me. Why? Because I think Bronte is a harsh character. I don't think Bronte is likable. She's mean to George. She's distant from her actual boyfriend, Phil. She mm -hmm. spends the entire movie basically from the beginning to the end lying to everybody about everything. Mm. She even mm -hmm. lies to the government. It's a crime. Bronte Rod, good character, relatable character, or just a bad Hank? So it's interesting. I think she's supposed to be the protagonist in this film. Yeah. But I think all of your points are very valid. She is this sort of strange, disaffected character, and she does not care what happens to those around her. You can't yeah. root for her. What is there to I root for? I think you're right. I find it hard to root for her because she just wants the apartment with the plants. So selfish. And she, she just wants the plants and she's not really invested in anyone around her. No. So I think you're onto something. Bronte, is Bronte a good person or a bad person? If we have to choose, hmm. You know, she, she doesn't seem like a great person. We me. don't like to judge people here at Hasta La Visa, baby, but, we, but don't we, judge. We, we are in the legal profession. Judge. Yeah, um, My last name, Dayan, means judge in Hebrew. So I have a little bit of... Uh, so of, you have some clout. You have some authority here. Yeah, You have some authority here. Yeah. And more about Bronte. Let me ask you this, Rod. I don't sure. understand something. Okay. Bronte was able to buy quite the apartment for somebody who appears to work for the city parks department and we don't actually ever see working in the movie sure. i mean yeah indoor bell indoor greenhouse outdoor balcony access to mm -hmm. the roof give me a mm -hmm. break upper west side yeah. manhattan 
So I've lived in New York for a long time. From time to time, I see people living in places that I that it flummoxes me. How can yeah. they afford this? Uh, so I've just I always come to the conclusion cheap and easy, but I just assume family money. Family money. That's where, always the I answer. Know, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how she's rich. Her father is some sort of writer. Writer, he yeah. Does, they don't seem to be destitute. Right. We don't learn a lot about no. them, but I just I just assume there's money there. Right, um, right, right. Money look, that's not Parks hers. Department. We don't know about Parks Department. We, we don't, don't know what they pay. You know, New York City salary, I can't imagine is through the roof. And the apartment she lives in, let's let's just quickly location, touch a, location, touch again location. Upon. It's a huge apartment in the Upper West Side in 1990. This is an expensive place. It it was expensive. It still is expensive. Yes. I mean, now it's forget about it's, it. It's 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 science fiction prices. Right. But at the time, this garden that she had. Right. What? That doesn't. Do you know no how much money it. it costs to they don't keep have, a garden like that? They don't Come have on. that in New York City. They right. don't have that. It's not an option. You don't no, have. No. A place these like these that. aren't the hanging gardens of Babylon. This is the Upper West no. Side. Anyway. Sure. George repeatedly tells immigration officers that he's been traveling in Africa. This is a terrible decision, a terrible story, because the immigration officers, they have his travel records. They know yeah. where he's been. Come on. That, so just for our, you know, a, a little tidbit for our listeners, the government knows when you leave and when you come back. They know everything. There are records. They yes. know every time your passport is swiped anywhere, all of that information is saved. So that was weird that they said you entered on X date and you overstayed your visa. Where have you been? And he said, well, I've been in Africa. It just no. They would have no, known no. that's a lie. They would have got we him would, right, no, there, no, right there. Right no, there. No. Right. We just said the last time you entered was this date. So a big lie. Yeah, that yeah, just it didn't it didn't it it didn't strike it didn't ring true to me at all. No, yeah. no. Speaking of lying, Bronte again, it doesn't seem right that Bronte, who is a liar, who is not likable, and who's a criminal, mm -hmm. let's be honest, she's a criminal. Sure, sure. She, she engages in criminal acts. She yeah. suffers no consequences for all the lyings that she's committed in this movie. Does she? She she gets off scot free, as they say, at the end of the movie. Nothing happens to her. Now I mean now, yeah. The wages of the film are presented as such that Georges takes the hit for both of them. Right? Yeah. He's the yeah. he's the martyr and he says, Okay, I will leave voluntarily so that nothing happens to her. We've already established that probably wouldn't happen in real life. She no. probably would be handed over to the Department of, of Justice for some sort of criminal action. Justifiably but so. Justifiably so. I mean, she had committed a crime, but yeah, she gets nothing. Nothing. He gets deported. He goes back to France. You know, not the end of the world. Uh, yeah. You know, that's hardly a punishment in my, in my <laughs> book, going, going to France. But yeah, you're right. He sees consequences in this film. She does not. Yeah. What do you think happens after the movie ends? Does their relationship go anywhere? I personally think she goes to visit him in France. He realizes that she's boring and she wants to go to bed at 830 every night. And he realizes and she realizes <laughs> that everybody in France has a, has an accent like that. And he's nothing special in France. Maybe in New York, he's got the accent and he cooks and he likes food with lots of butter in it. But in France, everybody's like that. So I don't think the relationship goes very far. What do you think? 
what does the day after look like? What right? does it look like? Yeah. You know, with the uh, the fairy tale, the Disney fairy tale mm. up through the rom-com, what happens the next day after yeah. the movie? We always want to know because now I think we're a lot more cynical than, mm. than when this movie was made. But yeah, what does happen? Their relationship is based on lies. She will go to visit him in France, presumably. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is he as is he as interesting when she gets there? I don't know. Is she even um, worse? Is she even worse as a person with jet lag? I bet she is. <laughs> I bet. I mean, she we're is. all we, we are all worse with jet lag. To and be that, fair, yeah. I mean, but, she, when you start out like her, doesn't it doesn't look good for her? But no, great point. What happens next? I don't know. I don't think it looks good. I don't <laughs> hold out great hopes yeah, for the two of them. I don't think it's going anywhere. Rod yeah. is is Bronte the Jar Jar Binks of this movie? We we <laughs> we are starting a tradition where we name the Jar Jar Binks of every movie, meaning the wow. character the character who makes it all fall apart. Is Bronte sure. the Jar Jar Binks of this movie? There's no one else to make it fall apart. A better it, actress. Just, a better yeah. actress. What's interesting to me is. The character she just wasn't written properly. It's not Andy McDowell's fault. Yeah, it's not Andy McDowell's fault at all. It's a writing problem. They just didn't, they didn't develop her and they didn't develop George. No. Like, no, we don't really get a great sense of these people. They are two dimensional characters yeah. uh, in the parlance of the film industry. And they, there's not like, George wants a green card. Bronte wants an apartment. Bronte wants an apartment. And, and that, that's who they are. That's who and they are. Yeah, that's what we're given. And we both know, you and I, and we as film viewers know that there are, is more to these people than that. <laughs> but we're only given that. And and I think the movie suffers for it. And, and you know, actually, who the probably the best written character and the character in this movie that I would prefer to see a movie about is I have a the, guess. the yeah the adventures of Bronte's best friend Lauren Adler. Sign yeah. me up. Sign me up yeah. for a movie about that girl. That girl is wild. She's B. fun. B. Newworth. Oh my played, god. Yeah. Oh my god. Very memorably by B.B. Newworth. That fantastic character. character. And just you know a shot in the arm and a breath of fresh air oh throughout god. the film. Can throughout you imagine the film. whenever she a, shows up? Yeah. Having a drink after work with her. That would be fun. Yeah. 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 Bronte should learn a thing or two from her best friend. <laughs> well, 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 listeners, that's that's green card. We talked yeah. about about this rom-com. We talked about the immigration issues. We talked right. about fraudulent marriages. Yeah, it, it, you everything, know. everything. Yeah. Interesting movie. I'm glad that you and I both saw it for the first time for this podcast. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not done so already, just a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast streaming platforms. Roderick has them memorized, and he's going to be put that memorization into practice. Rod, go. Sure. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon, and etc. And you could also email us. We love reading your messages. Rod, that email address is? Is hasta la visa, H-A-S-T-A-L-A-V-I-S-A at Gibney, G-I-B-N-E-Y dot com. And that was a fun episode. And next month, we have another episode that will make you all very content. We are going to continue. We're excited for this. We're going to continue with part two of the rom-com fraudulent marriage extravaganza series with a movie with Ryan Reynolds and what's your name? Sandra Bullock called 
the proposal the proposal the proposal We're another the, yeah another apparently a rom-com with immigration benefits yeah we're so, we're gonna see this for the first time also neither of us have ever I, seen it before and we're very so you're excited gonna get some hot takes gonna get some hot takes i bet they're gonna be so hot i'm excited for this movie and th it, this is great and it's gonna be all about fraudulent rom-com stuff and maybe more we'll find maybe, out what's we'll in the find movie. out we got to see it first so if there's if you, an immigration story to be told we will tell it we will tell it and if you haven't seen it see it with us we'll all watch it together we'll all talk about it together so yes. uh rod that was fun summer is coming to an end but things are Sadly. heating things are heating up for us so, things are heating up for us yeah. yeah we've got for the rest of the year we have a lot of good movies in store i can't wait to share That's them with right. you until next time everybody hasta la vista, baby.